Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santamaria back with you on the afternoon of the Boomers squad being announced. The 2023 FIBA World Cup just around the corner, starting in late September, uh, no, late August into early September. And uh, the 18-man extended squad announced today. And to debrief, to break it all apart, to look at that squad and what the team might look at like moving forward is the legend Andrew Gaze on the show today. The five-time Olympian, the man who represented Australia at four of these FIBA World Cups, then called the World Championships, and the man who just quietly sits (laughs) third all-time in points scored for this tournament, the FIBA World Cup. So sit back, relax. Up next, the legend Andrew Gaze. Drewy, what's happening, mate? Good to see you. It is uh, great to see you and, uh, and and exciting times. We're looking at this squad that uh, Brian Gorge has put together, and it's uh, it's impressive. It's deep. It's athletic. It's uh, it has a lot of experience and uh, a nice blend of youthful exuberance as well. So it's it's an exciting time. Have you been Have you been well? Haven't seen you for a hot little minute. No, no, going well. Uh, still very much involved with the at the NBL one level coaching the mighty Melbourne Tigers mm-hmm. and uh, coming off a very, very tight, nice win on the weekend as well, I might add. So I'm up and about and um, it's been good. It's been a good off season catching up and seeing a lot of the NBL players running around at the NBL one level. It's fantastic mm-hmm. to see. And I think before we crack in and talk about this squad that you just gave some, some adjectives about just then, I guess the thing I want to ask you first, are you emotionally ready for another new Boomers campaign. Absolutely I am, because we've had a taste of it and we've seen what it uh, can do and uh, and what we're capable of, uh, winning that bronze medal with the Boomers in uh, in the Tokyo Olympics. So I think uh, just it, 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 it turned those that were thinking that the, the usual basketball rhetoric was exactly that, just rhetoric. But now that we've got something tangible that we can hang our hat on in the form of a bronze medal at the Olympic Games, I think people are starting to, to believe those within the inner sanctum that uh, anything is possible. And when you look at this squad, it's, uh, we, we've often spoke about winning not just a medal, but winning a gold medal. And winning a medal at the World Cup is something that we've never done before. Mm-hmm. Tick the box of the Olympics. And, and in many examples, uh, it's, it's been a little harder to win a medal at the World Cup. You've got more teams playing, uh, and greater depth of competition. So it, it, it doesn't, clearly doesn't have the same prestige as the Olympic Games, but it, in, from basketball uh, circles, it is very, very significant if you're able to achieve a medal at the World Cup. So we're hoping that we can do that, and we've demonstrated over the past 20 years that we're, we've been knocking on the door, and if it weren't for some, let's just say, some interesting officiating systems who know it's uh, officiating decisions we might already have a a medal hanging around australian uh, players necks yeah a lot long-suffering boomers fans when you bring up the fact that we haven't cracked a medal at the world cup instantly go back to those those experiences at the last one in 2019 and and beyond further than that but your first thoughts, your, you gave a, a little bit of a window into this moments ago, but your first thoughts when you saw the group of names announced this morning and, and your takeaway from the group as a whole? Well, the, the thing that sticks out is uh, there's going to be some really, really good players that miss out. And already we've seen that. No Aaron Baines 
in the list. And I don't see that uh, omission as something that you put a, 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 he's got the red texture through him and his international career is over. I think it's just a more of an example of, of what he's been through over the last couple of years since Tokyo and coming back, playing in the NBL and um, getting his, his body and mind right for international basketball. I, I think that uh, clearly uh, he's, the, the coaching staff didn't think that he was ready for this particular campaign, but I wouldn't necessarily put a complete red texture through him for, for the Olympics uh, next year. So uh, that, that was an, an interesting omission. And of course, then there's the, the, uh, the issue of Ben Simmons, not included in the squad, but as I understand it, they've given him three or four weeks just to see how his health is and how his back uh, recovers. And uh, I believe that he has the opportunity in, in four weeks to, to be included in his squad and, and, and how much of a difference that would make. So, um, but you look at some of the form of the players, you look at Dante X and what he's doing over in, with, in, in Europe, playing in Serbia and you, you, you think of these young players like uh, Dyson Daniels, what type of impact can he have in this squad? Will he actually make the team? And, you know, Thon Maker being around the edges for a, a little while, not sure whether he's quite there. Will McDowell-White, what an NBL campaign. Brian Gorgian has got some very, very difficult decisions mm. to make, but they're good problems to have because he's got just a, an enormous depth of talent. So you mentioned a bunch of the names there. So for, for anyone who may be listening but hasn't had a look at a graphic or a list so far, essentially an 18-man squad named 10 NBA guys, 10 guys either still playing or coming off time in the NBA this season. Patty Mills, Joe Ingles, Josh Giddy, Josh Green, Jock Landau, who's doing sensational things for my Phoenix Suns. You've got the right win today, Liam. You'd be up and oh. about. Hey, mate, don't worry about us. The series doesn't begin until someone loses at home. <laughs> Matisse Thibel, of course, Dyson Daniels, who you just mentioned, Jack White, Matthew Delavadova, and Xavier Cooks. Mm -hmm. Five guys who just played in the NBL last season. Now, Cooks, one of those, in addition to Chris Golding, Keanu Pinder, Will McDowell-White, and Sam Froling, who was an interesting name um big congratulations to him making this squad and four guys playing elsewhere around the world nick k been playing in japan dante exum as you say playing in the euro league and uh duop wreath and thon maker who have been playing in china uh it feels like a squad that's really strong on the perimeter mm -hmm. and just and apart from a couple of key guys landale and k who have that experience from recent campaigns, maybe not as deep or as strong or as big or imposing on the interior as maybe we've seen from recent squads. Is that fair to say? It is. And, and I think that's where uh, Ben Simmons comes into the equation. Uh, you look at where you, you can really make some improvements in, in that position. And I think that over the years, Ben's been played in multiple positions and he's been this unique uh, individual that he has the capacity to play the one or the five can play virtually all positions. Uh, perimeter shooting has always been an issue, but uh, from a defensive standpoint, he can absolutely guard one through five. So if if you, you, you're thinking of Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons at his best, the conversation I would be having with him is, hey, listen, we want you on this team, but we we really think that four spot is where you can, where you can do uh, really help us. 
And that doesn't mean he can't be taking it off the rim and, and, and still distributing and being a playmaker in transition, all those other great things that he does. But, but to, to have someone of him with the versatility that he has, I think that he could bring uh, that X factor to our team. But in that spot, and I, and I think that's why, uh, why Froling gets the nod because outstanding what he did in the NBL and the growth that he's had over the last few years. And I think it's a, it's a stretch that of him actually making the team. But when you look at the next four years, he's one that, that, that could clearly have an impact. But you're right uh, in that position uh, where there might be some question marks, but someone like Ben Simmons can solve that problem. And we haven't seen a lot of Thon Maker. Uh, he, he's been really intriguing for me. Clearly it didn't work out with him in the NBA. He had some problems when he was playing in, uh, over in Europe and becoming an established player over there as well. But you look at his size and his versatility. Um, he's another one that, that could come into the equation. Well, we were looking back, I was looking at this squad and comparing it back to the group that got the bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympics. Now, I, I, I think it's probably going to wind up looking pretty similar. Uh, 10 of the 12 guys that were on that team are in this squad and a lot of them are walk-up starts, right? Now, the two guys from that team that aren't in this squad, Aaron Baines, and Nathan Sobey, you spoke about Baines in detail before. Are you surprised given his involvement in that bronze medal winning team a couple of years ago that Sobey wasn't in this extended squad at all? Uh, not, well, yes and no. And, and I guess I'll be accused of sitting on the fence here. But I think that when you look at the group and the positionally of where he might fit in, you can see why he, he he's not involved. But when you look at some of his performances, I think that he's had some injuries over the last couple of seasons and his form in the NBL last year wasn't bad, but wasn't at that same level that it's been previously. Um, so, so yeah, I can understand why, why he, he missed out. But uh, the, the issue that I think someone like Nathan Sobey has is you look at the improvement of some of these other guys, particularly Josh Green. Uh, he mm -hmm. he was extraordinary, the, the improvement that he made uh, with Dallas. Now, I know it's a different game when you're thinking of the international basketball, but the area of Josh Green that he's really picked up on uh, the, throughout the course of the season has been his, his perimeter shooting. And you could almost say the same thing about Matisse Thibel. Uh, he's, he's shooting in the NBA, uh, didn't, wasn't playing as much, but had the trade and had to deal with some other issues. But his shooting seemed to be uh, on the rise. So... Uh, with those two guys <clears throat> making some progress. Uh, and I think when you think of the, the, those guys that were in Tokyo, Matthew Delavadova is going to be an interesting one. Mm. <laughs> Will he actually make the team? Mm. It's, a, it's, it's when you do the numbers, I think that there are some that are suggesting, well, maybe he's on, on the borderline. Um, I, I like his experience. He's a culture guy. Clearly that's why he's back in the NBA right now. Uh, but he, that could be an interesting decision when you think of uh, uh, Josh Giddy and what role he might play and Dyson Daniels, whether he's ready to step up and, uh, and, and, and have a spot that's going to put some pressure on, on Maddie, who's been an unbelievable servant to the game in our country. And um, it's, it's that I, I think there might be some hard decisions that uh, they're going to have to uh, make in, in regards to Matthew. Now, 
in my squad, I am leaning more for him to be in, but I can appreciate with some of the conversations that I've had of why he might have to miss out. Yeah, there's going to be some really hard decisions. Now, who ends up on the, the hard side of that? A guy like Delhi or a guy like Dyson Daniels? That Which way do they lean in that regard? It's going to be is going to be fascinating. Um, what do you think about, uh, obviously Giddy comes in and he is going to have the rock. It, they're going to give him the rock and he's going to, he's going to do his thing. How is that going to change what we've seen in a style of play sense from this Boomers team in recent times where it's been a lot of Joe as that secondary ball handler, a lot of Daly, a lot of Patty Mills, but, uh, this is going to be a lot of Josh Giddy operating out of pick and roll and getting downhill in transition. Well, perhaps I, I think they've got to find a way to try and keep those other really positive assets and roles that they've had with guys like Joe and, and Patty in particular, um, because you, you don't. This is this shouldn't be a guillotine approach where you're just going to completely change it because we've shown that with what Patty and, and Joe and and um, Matty Delavadova over the years have been able to do, how you incorporate these new guys in it. Now, for me, because I've known Josh so long and, and seen him progress as a junior, uh, those that have just watched him in the NBA understand what he can do with the ball. His mm -hmm. passing is off the charts. Uh, the way in which that he can find people in traffic, create for others, it's that's really been the... the uh, the shining light to his game. Uh, his shot is is developing and uh, that's only going to get better. But throughout his junior career, uh, he played as much off the ball as he did on the ball. And it's a part of his game with his movement off the ball, which I think has completely been ignored now because he's so great with the ball. But with these other guys in there in the international game, I think finding that balance with him as well as what he can do with the ball as well as and and uh, highlighting some of the stuff that he can do off the ball with his size around the mm -hmm. box, mm -hmm. um, he passing out of the uh, out of the low post, uh, the way he finds people, he's done it throughout his entire junior career, and there's no reason to think that that can't be part of uh, what he can bring to the table with the Boomers as well. It's a good call, and it's an interesting call, and I wonder whether it's been a secret to his success in the early years in the NBA in his ability to play alongside a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Um, and feel comfortable in that, in that situation. A lot of guys who are playmaking point guards like Josh, that might be an uncomfortable scenario to share that the ball in that regard, but he, he does, he looks very comfortable in that setting. Yeah. It's in his DNA. The thing is, is that the international game is it's, a long way away from the NBA game, particularly the regular season NBA game. It's a different game with different challenges. And um, therefore, uh, some of the skill sets that you see in the NBA aren't always completely transferable to the international game mm -hmm. and vice versa. We've seen a lot of great international players that sometimes they get in the NBA game, it doesn't always translate. I think Josh's advantage is that, to me, he can do uh, a variety of different things. He plays with a really high basketball IQ, and as such, that that many that a lot of the stuff that he does, um, playing alongside uh, the guys that he has with the OKC, uh, fit perfectly into mm -hmm. what the boom is creating shots for Joe, creating shots for for Patty, 
playing with being able to not have the ball in his hands all the time and still feeling like you're able to contribute and do other things uh, is one of the strengths of Josh. Hey, we, we spoke about um, a couple of the guys not in the squad. Aaron Baines, you spoke about him in detail. Ben Simmons, it's a bit of a wait and see. Nathan Sobey, who was a bronze medalist a couple of years ago. There's another big name that's not on this list and just continues to not be on these Aussie lists, and, and that's Mitch Creek. Yeah. Third in MVP voting, Drewy, 23.7 rebounds and three assists. All NBL first team um, in the NBL last season. And, and he can't, for some reason, get in this squad. What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Mitch Creek is good enough to be in this, this squad. Uh, Talent-wise, he's absolutely good enough. And one that I think that he could bring a a, a, a real new dimension, a different dimension to the group. Um, and, you know, it's the elephant in the room. And, and I think it's only because of external issues is the only reason it's got nothing. In my judgment, it has nothing to do with his basketball skill sets. Mm, mm. And, you know, that that's something that uh, he's got to work through. It's an unfortunate situation that he finds himself in. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's disappointing because he is an outstanding basketball talent and it would be great to have him for consideration for this squad. Mm, for sure. A couple of other names that maybe are hard luck stories. Brock Modem, again, playing really well in Japan, 18 yeah. and seven. Can't get a look in here. I thought maybe it was going to be interesting to see whether Dion Vasilevic's name was here. Had some big games last season. Yeah, didn't have as consistent a year as maybe he'd had the year before. But you know, this like the squad's got to have a sniper. I got to have a guy yes. who can really shoot the rock. Chris Golding has been playing that role in the last couple of campaigns, and he looks to me like a strong candidate to play that role again. Um, Tyrese Proctor not in this squad. Luke Travers not in this squad. And I know this one will really kind of pull at your heartstrings. Bryce Cotton, sadly, is not on this list either, big fella. Yeah, that's right. And and for me, when you look at this team, I know Dyson Daniel, he's a, he's a work in progress. He's got some time. Dante Exum's doing some some great things. And and when you talk about that X factor, that, that potential sniper, that versatile guy, um, Bryce Cotton, to me, in my judgment, can be that guy. And he can create his own shot. He plays well with his teammates. He's not, he's not a, a selfish guy. Um, and, you know, defensively, I, 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 he is certainly not a liability. He, he can uh, cause some havoc. And, um, you know, speaking to other officials involved in, in Basketball Australia, uh, certainly not Brian Gorgian, but other officials, uh, the reality is they don't rate, they, they, they don't rate him uh, on their depth chart. They, they have a different view about where he sits in their depth chart. And that's fine. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But uh, to me, Bryce Cotton uh, should be in this squad, should be a candidate. Um, and unfortunately, because of other issues that have gone on, he's not. So uh, he's not eligible, they will claim. But um, he should be eligible and he should be in this squad and he should be in consideration. I'm not saying he's a, a lock to make this team. Yeah. Because you look at Matisse Thibault and what he's doing, you know, maybe he doesn't make it, but gee whiz, would really love to, to have that, that option. 
I hear you. Um, the other part for me is I, I, I don't see any reason why there needs to be any kind of hurry or interest to replace Chris Golding in the team, in the role that he's been playing at these last couple of campaigns, because I think it flies a little under the radar how good he has been mm. in that role. He really started to make it his own at that 2019 World Cup. Yep. And then two years ago, he, he really was terrific off the bench in that role on the wing. He does. He's um, He provides a very important uh, skill set, and that is the ability to put the ball in the hole from anywhere over half court. Yep. He can mm -hmm. come in. He doesn't shy away from the responsibility. He, he, he doesn't have that play with uh, that nervousness or that fear of failure in the international stage. He's played his role magnificently. Yeah. And um, I think that he's still a very strong chance because of mm. the way he plays to make this team. Mm. Uh, and I know there are some other younger guys, and, and, and that's where some of those younger guys that, that, that either are in the NBA or around the edges – uh, have probably been either haven't got in here to this stage or may actually miss out on the team because of his, his skill sets. And it's not always the best players that are in there. If you're mm. picking a team with the, the old schoolyard and you're lining up the wall and you're having your first and sec second picks, Chris Golding may not be in that th those top picks, but when you once you've got uh, the, your nucleus of there and you start to get to those the positions eight through 12 and it becomes very role specific. Mm. Uh, that's where someone with his uh, skill sets uh, become really important. Yeah. And I, that was an interesting conversation I had with Gorge on the back of the last campaign where he was saying, you know, you guys, you put these names on the whiteboard on your shows and the like, and you say, well, of course it's this guy. And of course it's that guy. And he said, well, look, I've got to pick a team. And right. in that last spot, last time, I had guys who could handle the ball and do this, that, and the other. What I needed was a guy who could hound it yes. 94 feet, if that's what the situation called for. And yep. that's why Nathan Sobey made that team. And yeah. so there's guys that are coming into this camp, like Keanu Pinder, uh, what he brings as a pick and roll threat, a lob threat, an, an athlete, a, a guy like Will McDowell White, what he brings as a pick and roll ball handling creator and playmaker yeah. can say, Hey, listen, I bring an elite ability to operate in this particular area. And you never know, it may wind up being the swing skill that they need for that final spot. It is. And it's something that you see uh, sometimes maybe because we don't know all the players as well as we do the Australian play team, but you look at some of these big time international teams that, that uh, they're up against and they get really specific and mm -hmm. when it comes down to those eight to 12 spots and, and, and you're thinking, why did so-and-so not make the team? And this guy running around here, because it is about building the team, about being prepared to deal with what, what um, opponents throw at you, but also about dealing with certain circumstances of the game and what you might need to combat certain defenses or context of games, all those things. And, and that's not always the best overall player. Mm. It's the best overall for a certain skill set that gets someone the nod. In terms of the bigs, Jock Landale, Nick Kay, walk-up starts, surely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And Nick so, Kay has been one of the great surprises to me when he first went into the team. I thought, nice, yep, I'd have him. But the impact mm. that he has had mm. in the last World Cup and in Tokyo – uh, in particular, 
were beyond what I thought he would be when he first came into the Boomers program mm. and what type of international career he would have. No nonsense guy. No nonsense mm-hmm. guy uh, does a lot of the, the, the blue collar work and very efficient mm. on the offensive end. Uh, so he is he is one that that uh, he's got enough credits in the bank that uh, he he would have to do it ridiculously poorly yeah. in the in the, uh, in the in the um camp that they're going to have for him not to make the team yeah no for sure it's such a credit to him that he's turned himself into a guy on the boomers team at the major international tournaments that is hard to get off the floor yes you know like and and let's not forget he's had to do some heavy lifting in the qualifying as well yeah that's Coming true back from japan and and being part of that thing that um that that guy that can provide that veteran experience and continue to, to develop the culture with the new guys coming in uh he is he has played a very significant role and, and so then you look at the other bigs uh, you know you got uh, Duop Reith, who was a um, a part of that team as well you got Thon Maker Sam Froling <coughs> Xavier Cooks and Jack White now Jack White has kind of turned himself into a little bit more of a a four three, a guy yeah. who operates in that small forward role as well. But is there a world, do you think, where both Jack White and Xavier Cooks make the final team? Uh, no, I, I think that would be when you think of all the other guys in the numbers game. Uh, I think that that's a that's a challenge. Uh, but who knows? Because we're making assumption of who your main seven or eight guys are going to be. Yeah. If that if that changes, your opinion might be different to mine. If that changes, then 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 perhaps, and certainly with what Jack White's been able to do with his perimeter game as well, his shooting, he's a freakish uh, athlete. Um, and and with Xavier Cooks, a bit more size, um, a bit more with the ball, as opposed to Jack White, who'll do a, a little bit more without the ball. Um, but they're both high high quality players and and both of them you're not going to you're not going to be surprised if either of either of them make the team but to your question would you be surprised if they both make the team uh that would be starting to head towards that type of response uh based on just the numbers yeah numbers yeah guys. all right Hey, let's let's finish off by <laughs> starting to map out a little bit about what a final 12 might look like. Now, as you say, there's water to go under the bridge. There's yep. guys getting to camp healthy yep. uh, when they head to Cairns and they and and Gorge and his coaching staff have the the job of A, preparing the team, but B, cutting it down to a group yep. of 12. Um, and then it's how guys perform there as well. But but let me read out a bunch of names yep. who I think just, just straight up like make the team, yep. all right? So that for me is Josh Giddy, yep. Patty Mills, Joe Ingalls, Josh Green, Matisse Thibel, Jock Landale, Nick Kay. Those guys straight up make the team for me. Yep. Uh, we're, now, we're, we're aligned. We're, we're aligned. Dante Exum is in there as well. That's eight. So then the other guys I'm I'm look you need two more bigs. Landale and K are the Patty? only. So again? Did you say Patty? Oh, I said Patty. Don't worry. Yeah. Come on, just, mate. Just checking. Yeah. He had 42 and 9. Yeah. Yeah. No, in the 
no, I'm getting old, so I couldn't keep up the speed. I couldn't write down. I yeah. six. Yeah, yeah, so that's eight. You need two more bigs mm. to bring us to 10 at, at, the, at least. Yeah. And I think that's, I think to what Reith, for me, will be that guy. Now, I admittedly, I haven't been watching a lot of the CBA. No. This season. <laughs> I don't know if you've been tuning in. I have seen bits and pieces. Okay. Um, well, well, I, I got a, a close friend who plays in one of the teams over there. He's actually out in Australia now. Come back and he loves some Chinese guys. So I do follow him. Um, but here's the thing. Mm. Whatever the numbers and whatever the form in that league, you've just got to put a little asterisk next to it because it's not to the same level mm -hmm. as uh, a lot of other parts of the world. Mm. So even if you were watching it, uh, and even if they were – dropping 30 a game it's still not definitive that that is the form that is going to be good enough to uh use that as the criteria for selection in this team but no. positionally mm. and role and due up wreath fills a, a, a very important role that big a guy that can bang that can defend hopefully can rebound so stereotypically he fits that bill, which you're going to need someone to do that. And you're going yes. to need some insurance in that area uh, to do that. And it's one of the reasons why Sam Froling is, I think, in this squad. Right. Because they And who knows, go. maybe a guy like Keanu Pinder outplays all those guys in camp and Correct. manages Correct. to grab, grab a spot like that. Well, that's true. But the only thing I think with Keanu, I don't know whether he provides the same defensive uh, grunt in that role that I'm talking about can bring mm -hmm. a whole lot of other things to the table offensively. Um, but purely for those big guys that you're going to go up against <clears throat> um, where you see more power game, you see more low post game than you do in the NBA. You'll see with some of these teams mm. um, and how you have someone to deal with that and deal with uh, the boards. Uh but, you know, that, that'll come – they are the selections that you go through. The process is why you have a camp because you might look and say, well, we need someone to do that. But you know what? A drop wreath is not going to give us enough in that area. Right. So, well, let's take the other benefits of, of someone like Keanu or, or Sam or whoever it may be or you, you go smaller in that because you feel like you're going to get – more in another area to compensate for what you might give up in that uh, particular uh, role that you're looking to play. The other one there, I think, is is one of Xavier Cooks or Jack White, I feel, yeah. would, would slot in quite nicely in that regard. And so then there's two more spots. And for me, Chris Golding is one of those guys and should be one of those guys for all the reasons we spoke about before. Yeah. Which takes me and my group down to this final spot <laughs> where you've got a bunch of interesting names. Now, the guy at the top of that list for me right now is probably Dyson Daniels. Yeah. But you've, got the, ex you've got the experience and the poise of Dally. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe you get to the point where you say, you know what, if, if it's not going to be Dally, what we actually need is a guy like Will McDowell White. Yeah. whom if one of these primary ball handlers goes down at some stage in the tournament, yeah. we can come out and handle the rock for us and initiate some offense. Yeah. So it's going to be fascinating to see how those, all those kind of decisions play out. Yeah. Spot on. And um, 
You know, I think Dyson Daniels, to me, might be in a similar situation as it was for Diddy in um, in, in Tokyo, maybe. Uh, had that injury towards the latter stages of the NBA season. He's a, he's, you know, he's a boomer in the making. And, and again, it's another example of the depth that we have. But do you go with that youthfulness or would you prefer the steady hand of someone like Matty Delavadova who or Will McDowell-White, um, that's, you know, going to be, out of those three, who's going to be a pick? I think that comes down to the evidence that you see at the camp mm-hmm. and how you see the other guys and and where you think your, 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 your best insurance has to come from and where your, your best um, team guy is and all those types of things come into it. And that's where, although they're very short, intense camp periods, uh, I think that they'd be very, very competitive for one of those spots. You're starting to, you're starting to get the juices flowing, the green and gold, and looking forward to the tournament? Uh, the juices are always flowing when it comes to the green and gold. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm actually getting – I'm going over there to work for FIBA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, I'm go- and they've put me in the same pool as Australia. Back there in- we go. So previously they didn't want it, but now they're – they're allowing me to be in the same pool as the Australian games and, and then um, doing the finals for ESPN. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be over there. I'm going through the teams and, and, and already trying to do a little bit of research on, on some of these teams. And the frightening thing is as good as we are, mm-hmm. accidents can happen. Playing in that, that, those pool games, you've got to finish in that top two. Yep. And realistically, you've got to finish in that top two with a win that you're going to carry over. Yeah. So it's um uh it's it's you don't have to stretch your imagination too far to see how you can play really well and find yourself in a world of hurt. No, so it's, right. uh, it, it brings a lot of excitement to the games, and uh, we're hoping that we can continue the momentum that we built with uh, Tokyo. And when you look at this squad and you look at the athleticism. And we've always spoken about not just a medal, but a gold medal. But when you look at the experience and you look at the athleticism that brings to the table and you think of all these components playing to their best, uh, a lot of people think that it's just been the basketball community's rhetoric that we could actually win a gold medal. Uh, I'm actually excited that it goes beyond that and you look at what other countries over the years in particular a team like Spain have done and uh, we are now in that conversation to be to be considering ourselves uh, not just medalists but gold medalists what a beautiful way to wrap it up preach amen all those types of things oh. uh, can't wait looking forward to it and uh, always appreciate chatting to you great man thanks heaps for jumping on and giving us some time this afternoon I love it good luck well done keep up the good work Liam are you going thanks. over the World Cup uh, not going to be going over, but I will be tuning in God. on the regular, listening God. to your insights along the way. God love <laughs> and to all the huddle listeners, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break over the next couple of weeks as uh, things uh, slow down a little bit during the NBL offseason, free agency. Most of the teams have their, their squads together and we gear up towards the FIBA World Cup in, uh, in August and September. So... Uh, Thanks for tuning in and uh, speak to you soon.